0: I'm not afraid. Are you? The Watchman Speaks discusses biblical solutions to modern day dilemmas. I'll tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. I am the old Watchman, Ezekiel. I pray you listen. welcome to the watchman speaks i'm your host lonnie richardson i am so excited i can hardly contain myself why the seventh month of tishri is but four more days away at sunset this friday september 15 2023 the month of elul will be ushered out and the seventh month or tishri will have arrived the seventh month is not named or called Tishri anywhere in the Bible. Tishri is a name applied to the seventh month during the exilic period when Judah was exiled in Babylon. The seventh month is, however, called by the name Ethanim, and you can find that in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 2, which reads, All the men of Israel assembled themselves to King Solomon at the feast, in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. What were they assembling for? It was Yom Teruah, the day of the great shout that brings about the Feast of Trumpets. There are 27 mentionings of the seventh month in the Bible that I have found. The only month mentioned more often is the month of Nisan, the month of Passover or our Lord's death. So why is the seventh month, the month of Tishri, mentioned so many times in the Bible, second only to the first month of Nisan or of Eve. Well, like the first month of Nisan or of Eve, there's a whole lot going on during this time and season within God's timeline. Let's start with the first day, Yom Teruah, the day of a great shout. Why is this the first day of the month of Tishri, and what is the great shout all about? Leviticus chapter 23, verse 24 reads Speak to the sons of Israel, say, In the seventh month, on the first of the month, you shall have a rest, a reminder by blowing trumpets, a holy convocation. Now, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, day in Hebrew is Yom. It goes on to say that this day is a reminder by blowing trumpets. Yom means day, and the word trumpets here in Hebrew is teruah. Therein, the day is known as yom teruah. Teruah is translated in the English Western Bible versions as a trumpet blast. However, in the Hebrew language, teruah is much more specific. Teruah means literally, great shout. Incidentally, teruah is the name of the third sounding of the biblical trumpets, That consists of nine short very sharp staccato blasts sounded quickly it's the alarm of the watchman it is the call to assemble to prepare for war it's the battle cry it was a sounding that was sounded very loudly so that the entire city could hear and it was repeated across the countryside for all the inhabitants to hear clearly and its meaning was to wake up pay attention danger prepare yourselves for battle it was a loud sounding so that all could hear like a great shout therefore the first day of the seventh month is yom teruah the great shout but what about the reminder of blowing trumpets what's that about Orthodox Judaism teaches that this reminder is the fulfilling of the Feast of Trumpets and occurred when God called Moses and the people of Israel to Mount Sinai before handing the law down to Moses. You see, the law was but a foreshadowing of something better to come. The law was a means to provide redemption for a nation. Jesus died to fulfill the law for the sake of righteousness. Righteousness is no longer obtained by the law, but through the blood of Christ. One quick word about the law, or the Torah, and it's not what many people think it is. While it is true that righteousness was obtained by the redemption methods of the law, it was meant to be more than that. The word Torah is derived from the Hebrew verb yare, which means to point out, instruct, lay a foundation. While the law no longer possesses any redemptive qualities in regard to obtaining righteousness, the law does lay the foundation of a moral standard. Jesus not only died to fulfill the law for the sake of righteousness, he died and fulfilled the law for the sake of ceremony. I'll cover that later in this podcast. But he also fulfilled the law for the right of judgment in that he maintains the right of judgment for himself on the great white throne of judgment think along the lines of a woman presented to him caught in the very act of adultery and jesus told her go and sin no more he postponed judgment until a later time that's why we don't stone people anymore however i do not see that the feast of trumpets has been fulfilled at least not completely fulfilled Judaism sees the fulfillment of the Feast of Trumpets, as I've said when God called Moses and Israel to Mount Sinai with the sound of Shofar in Exodus chapter 19. However, I do not see the Feast of Trumpets fulfilled until there are seven trumpets sounded in Revelation and Christ returns with the trumpet of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 reads, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead will rise first. Now that's the new American standard Bible, the messianic tree of life version translated ever so differently, just slightly for the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel and with the blast of God's shofar and the dead in Messiah will rise first. The New American Standard Bible indicates that Jesus is bringing the trumpet of God with him. The Messianic Version indicates that the sound of God's trumpet will usher Jesus into the earth when he returns. I tend to like that. Why? Well, Jesus was ushered out of the earth with the sound of a trumpet. It is only fitting that he be ushered back upon his return with a trumpet. And you may say, what? The New Testament says nothing about Jesus being ushered out with the sound of a trumpet. That's true. The New Testament does not say that, but the Old Testament does. Psalm 47 verse 6 testifies, God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet, but the New Testament didn't say anything about a trumpet blast in acts when Jesus ascended into heaven. But here's something that I've noticed, and it has been confirmed by a few other men that I know whom I walk with in spirit. Often is the time that events will play out in the New Testament as they did in the Old Testament, but in reverse order. I don't have the time to delve into that at this time, but it is a fact. I have noticed that the same holds true similarly within the physical and spiritual realms. Here's what I mean. God called Moses and Israel to Mount Sinai with the sound of a ram's horn shofar. He was saying to the people, Come to me. When Jesus returns, either he will sound God's trumpet or God's trumpet will sound announcing to the world, I am coming to you. It's a reverse order. Now either way, Jesus is coming back with a trumpet sound that will clearly be heard throughout the entire earth. He is descending from heaven with a shout, and the sound of a trumpet will be heard throughout the earth. Psalm 47 verse 6 indicates that as the Lord ascended, there was a shout and a trumpet sound, and there's nothing recorded in Acts about a shout or a trumpet when Jesus ascended into heaven. Here's what I believe. Call me crazy if you want to, but this is what I believe. When Christ ascended, the shout and the trumpet were heard in heaven. When he descends, the shout and the trumpet will be heard throughout the earth. Same thing, just opposing realms of reality. And while it has just now crossed my mind, let me ask a question to all you theologians out there. When the seven trumpets sound in the book of Revelation? Are those trumpets heard in the heavenlies, the earth, or both? Just a question, in case any of you would like to go mining in God's word for that nugget of revelation. Now what is it about this shout and the sound of a trumpet that is so instrumental in this particular season, bringing about the first day of the seventh month of Tishri? It's Yom Teruah, a day of a great shout. Are you beginning to piece the puzzle together? It is Teruah. It is a battle cry to gather for war. It's saying, wake up. Yom Teruah is the opening bell for the Feast of Trumpets. The Jews call it Rosh Hashanah, which means literally, head of the new year. That'll be another discussion for another podcast. I wonder when might there be a conceivable, plausible possibility that we might identify a season in which Jesus is likely to return. If I were a betting man, I'd hedge my bet during the Feast of Trumpets. I'm not saying this year, mind you, but I'm inclined to believe that it'll be during this time or this fall harvest season. See, the feasts evolved around harvests that's the neat thing about god's feast they all take place during the harvests have you ever noticed that well i have i'm just saying it's kind of a big deal now there are many who will say Lonnie, all those feasts those are for the jews all i can say to you is this i pray that it is not so it is the passover that brings about the feast of unleavened bread and the feast of first fruits jesus took the leavening of sin that was ours upon himself and he was the first fruit of the dead i want some of that the feast of weeks or shavuot is pentecost when holy spirit was poured out upon all flesh i definitely want some of that the feast of trumpets marks the return of messiah to set up his kingdom on earth and the feast of tabernacles is when we get to take up residence in that kingdom and claim our inheritance don't you want some of that so don't tell me that God's feast for the Jews only the Jews are the natural olive tree those who did not believe were branches that were broken off so that I could be grafted in Jesus was a Jew and he sits at the father's right hand Jesus is the root of that olive tree and it is the root that sustains all the branches it is not the arrogant Jewish branch or the arrogant Gentile branch that supports the root. The root support the branches. So when God makes an appointment, he keeps them. After the Feast of Trumpets, on the tenth day of Tishri is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur means Day of Atonement. It is a time each year that the high priest would go into the Holies of Holies and sprinkled blood on the mercy seat to atone for the sins of a nation. Sometimes the sin of a nation was so great that God struck the high priest dead. But every year the nation was reminded of its sin, as the high priest went into the holy of holies. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus went into the holy holies, not made by the hands of man, one time, and offered his blood for the sins, not of a nation, but for mankind. This is a mind-blowing concept. You remember a little while ago when I said Jesus died to fulfill the law for the sake of ceremony? This is what I'm talking about. He is the high priest and the blood of bulls and goats cannot redeem, but the blood of a king can and will because it has. When Christ returns, he has already done all that he had to do. He's done all For the sake of righteousness and ceremony that he is going to do all that is left to do is judgment Jesus reserved judgment for himself which brings us to the Feast of Tabernacles and I've been told by rabbis and Gentile pastors the Feast of Tabernacles has been fulfilled as Feast of Tabernacles is a reminder of people wandering about in the desert before being allowed into the promised land because of their unbelief and disobedience. Some say the Feast of Tabernacles was fulfilled when the people of Israel went in and took the Promised Land. Some say the Feast of Tabernacles was fulfilled when the word that John spoke of in John chapter 1 came and tabernacled amongst us. I don't have much problem with any of these conclusions other than I do not believe the Feast of Tabernacles has been completely fulfilled as yet. I believe, just as Israel wandered about in a desert for 40 years before a new generation was allowed to go into the promised land, that we are wanderers in this earth looking for something. However, I'm not looking forward to an inheritance in a piece of land as Israel was. No, no, indeed. I'm wandering this earth looking for a city whose foundations were not laid by the hands of man. I'm looking for an inheritance in a kingdom my father's kingdom it's kind of a big deal the month of Elul is almost over remember Elul it is the time as Haggai the prophet put it to remember your ways it is the time of temple building first Corinthians tells us our bodies are temples It is a time of retrospect, self-evaluation, turning back to God with one's whole heart to prepare our temple for the day of the great shout, Yom Teruah, when I believe Christ will return with the voice of the archangel, a great shout, and the sounding of the trumpet of God. The time for the Feast of Trumpets will have arrived, but the time of Teshuva turning back to God is still ongoing. Why is that? Well, if you'll remember when I discussed the month of Elul and this season of Teshuvah, I mentioned that the kings of the time would come down from their throne out of the palace to mingle with the common man. Elul is such a time of preparation to meet with the king. Teshuvah is such a time to prepare for meeting with a king. Teshuvah is 40 days long, kind of like Noah's 40-day flood, or like Moses' 40 days spent on Mount Sinai, times three. Teshuvah runs through the Feast of Trumpets right up until the 10th day of Tishri, which is Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. Here's the catch. When Jesus returns with the trumpet of God, know that it is too late to surrender. Just like Jericho in the book of Judges, Jericho could possibly have surrendered to Israel and escaped total annihilation. But when the seven trumpets were sounded by seven priests, it was too late to surrender. Their fate was sealed. So it shall be when the trumpet of God sounds. But after the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, well, Jesus took care of that. He redeemed us the redeemed have been atoned for but the feast of tabernacles is a season in which christ will establish his father's kingdom and the elect will reign with him that's an inheritance look at the book of hebrews chapter 11 therein you'll find what is commonly referred to as the hall of faith and it goes way back all the way to abel enoch is mentioned Enoch was the first of two who never tasted death. The other was Elijah. They never died. God merely took them. But pay attention to verse 13, chapter 11. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. What are the promises they did not receive? What was the faith in which they died? What promises did they see and welcome from a distance? What distance did they see them from? Was it a distance in linear distance? No, it was a distance in time. What time were they looking for? It is a time that will transpire during the season that is rapidly approaching, the high holy days, the first 21 days, the seventh month of Tishri. Notice the last phrase of verse 13, And having confessed they were strangers and exiles on the earth, they were not looking for a promised land or a land on this earth. They were looking for something greater. The hall of faith continues, but did their faith accomplish anything in the earth? Yes, it did. Beginning in verse 32, chapter 11 in Hebrews. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness they were made strong, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Wow. Wow. Their faith accomplished all that. Yes, it did. But it was not all glamorous for the Hall of Faith members. Let's continue. Beginning in verse 35. Women received back their dead by resurrection. And others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. That's beating. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death by the sword. And they went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. The hall of faith accomplished great things through their faith. They also suffered greatly because of their faith. What was such a faith grounded upon? Boiled down to the essence. Their faith was in this season that is approaching. They never saw it, but they knew it was coming. Many of us may never see it, but I know it's coming. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 39 through 40 is perhaps one of the most sobering passages that I know. And he reads, And all these, having gained approval through the faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Wow. None of these giants of the faith received what was promised, yet they had gained approval through their faith. God has something better for us and for them. And the season the time approaching will be, I believe, the season that it will eventually all come to fruition. Now, I'm not saying that the rapture is days away. I'm not saying that Christ will return within the week with the trumpet of God. I am saying I have reason to believe that those things will happen during this time of year but I cannot say which year. That is why I celebrate the high holy days. Teshuvah, turning to God, is still in effect. It's not too late to accept Jesus Christ. It's not too late to give God your all. It's not too late to surrender all that you are and all that you have to God. It's not too late as of now. I know that Jesus is coming back. I know that a kingdom is going to be established. I know that I have an inheritance in that kingdom. Why would I not celebrate that? The month of Tishri is a month of expectancy and anticipated joy. Much has been promised, and the promises will be fulfilled. If I'm wrong about all this, hey, no big deal. But what if I'm right? I'll have the lamps filled with oil. My worship, praise, and thanksgiving shall rise like a fragrant aroma unto the Lord. I am the old watchman Ezekiel, and you have been put on notice. Well, that's all for now. I thank you for your time and participation. Our time together is precious to me. Please, come and visit me at OldWatchman.com for show notes, articles, video content, book reviews, Bible study material reviews, and Bible study methods. It's my hope and prayer that you get to know me through this podcast. Through the website at theoldwatchman.com, I can get to know you. If you like the content, consider following The Old Watchman on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. See you next time. May nothing in your life be missing. Nothing in your life be broken. Shalom.